PhDs? Who needs them? Not Auto Manufacturing Initiatives Director Tom Duvall. Trust me, the reason auto industry heavyweights are clamoring to come play with his building blocks isn't because of a piece of paper on his wall or some initials after his name. Old Tom got his doctorate in lean manufacturing at a little school called Real World U. You ready to learn about one of the coolest educational opportunities in the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering? Lego. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Well, 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 looky what we have here. Yet another episode of the Undisputed Best Podcast, Greatest Podcast, Most Well-Produced Podcast, Most Interesting Podcast in All of Higher Education, Hashtag Getting, brought to you by the Office of Communications and Marketing and the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering Auburn University. I am Jeremy Henderson, my co-host as always, assistant director in the uh, office, Austin Phillips, joined by producer extraordinaire and comic relief, Marcus Klutz. In this episode, we will be talking with the incomparable, because I've heard people talking, I've heard people talking, we gotta get Tom, we gotta get Tom, Tom Duvall, I am pronouncing it correctly, right? Because it's like there's Duvals, and then there, this is like Deval. He, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't hit the winning field goal against Florida. Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> had some, I've actually had people pronounce it Devil. Devil? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Devil. Thank you. That's yeah. at the end of the semester, huh? Yeah. Director of Auto Manufacturing Initiatives in the Industrial and Systems Engineering Department. First off, we got to get something straight. Is it Lego or Legos? Is the plural... Because well, I, I think there's some big thing about this. We right? refer to it as the Lego Lab. The Lego Lab. Mm-hmm. But but when you say, if you're speaking plural, like, look at all the... Yeah. Like, look at all the Lego. You know, there's a lot of people that are really passionate about this. Yeah, it's kind of like deer or deers. I, I don't know. It's a, yeah, look <laughs> oh, yeah, at, it's look like at those deers. deers. Yeah, look at the deer. Yeah. Deers. So, here, deers I, is definitely I, a word. I, I, guess, I guess we can define it any way we like, I suppose. Okay. Well, I bring that up because you are in charge of, director of, what's the term? Mastermind? Well, well I'm director builder. of automotive manufacturing initiatives, but I have responsibility to teach lean manufacturing and senior design. But we use the Lego Lab to teach lean. Okay, because I've seen the videos of the Lego Lab, and that's been something i got to get down and see. And it looks awesome. It looks super fun. Let's right out of the gate. Can we? What do you think? Yeah. That, I mean, that, I know when we have E-Day, when we have camps and everything, that, that right there is one of the biggest draws for the kids when they come in. Um Tell us about how you use that lab for instruction, how you're using it for your automotive initiatives. Yeah. So uh, my career background is in automotive and aerospace many, many years. And uh, I had a lot of new graduates come into our plant, and we had to develop them as supervisors running manufacturing area, managing people, building product through the line at high volume, a car a minute approximately. Uh, and they were never, never prepared for that. And it wasn't because they weren't capable. It wasn't because they were, were not well-educated. It's kind of like taking somebody who took classes on how to ride a horse and then bringing them to a farm and say, okay, saddle it up and ride it. it you, you really can't 
learn or understand it properly without putting your hands on the work. It's just that kind of thing. So when I came here after uh, retiring, uh, this is my semi-retirement job, I suppose, uh, we had this lab with approximately 4,000 square feet and said, can you teach lean in this lab? And so we had to come up with a strategy on what could we put in here that would really very well simulate an assembly plant environment, which I was most familiar with. So it really, the product doesn't matter at all. It's really the process and the methods and the systems and and how you move material and how you manage people and how you control quality. That Lego vehicle is very, very similar to an automotive assembly plant. There's almost no difference, believe it or not. Uh, For example, if you're at uh, Kia down the road and you're putting a starter on an engine, starter can only go in one location. The block on the Lego car can go anywhere. It doesn't have a designated location. It's actually more difficult to build quality through that system. And Kia's building a car a minute. You know what our rate is in the lab? Car a minute. Right, so we we have work cells, two of them, and the one work cell feeds the second. That second work cell feeds a moving conveyor. So we have the moving assembly line as well, and it's quite a challenge for the students. We've been doing this eight years. Their their goal is to produce forty five vehicles of two varieties, and these vehicles have two hundred seventy seven and two hundred fifty four parts. That's a lot of parts. And they have to build 45 and 45 minutes with no defects. Eight years in, we haven't done it yet. No defects? No, we have not made it yet. Oh, we, oh. we have we have not achieved 45 units, and oh. we have not achieved zero defect. So what that tells you is what a challenging problem for them. Sure. So we go through the process of transforming how we do things to the end, but it's still very difficult. And every year we treat, we keep adding capability to the lab. We keep trying to error-proof and mistake-proof processes. We're very close. We, we got to like 42 vehicles with three defects. We're, we've never made it yet. And so that's great because it's extremely challenging for the students to do this. But in the process... We're, we're teaching them all the methods of lean manufacturing, which, by the way, is the third generation of manufacturing after the Henry Ford model, developed by Toyota. Well, so what does that mean? What is lean? It sounds like body shaming. It, it, yeah, you know, the, 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 <laughs> it, lean was an MIT study that was done in the 80s because they knew our manufacturing base in the United States, as a matter of fact, globally, was at great risk because of the Toyota system and how it developed. So countries and companies funded this MIT study, and they came out with a landmark book, The Machine That Changed the World. And that book changed the attitude of an awful lot of people. A few other things did too. So Detroit had to transform how they do business over the next 20, 30 years or go out of business. And uh, so that's what lean is. But the term was coined in that book, and the author of the book apologizes to this day for that term because it implies cutting people and making them work harder, and it couldn't be further from the truth. It's more about eliminating dumb things that are done, producing excess inventory when it's not required, installing actual pull system for material like a grocery store rather than an MRP planned method. So all of those systems, all those methods, and all those tools to implement lean, we teach in the classroom. 
and then we go down into the lab and we practice those methods in the lab. So when they're when the semester's over, they thoroughly understand what these tools and methods and systems are because they've actually experienced them rather than just Do they get to keep a car like at the when they graduate? No, because we <laughs> We, we have about 40, 50 students go. We got, I, I think we have 200 vehicles down there that we, we had purchased to make sure the system runs and it has adequate inventory and we can pull material through. Anyone ever show up missing? Well, yeah, over the years we're losing mm-hmm. parts, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we, we talked about the possibility of, of giving them all away and then coming up with new models and use one semester to process the new models. That's industrial engineering work you know, breaking all the labor down and set up all the standards. And then the next semester running it and seeing how it runs, you know, like you're piloting the operation. Yeah. So if a class does achieve this, is it, is it going to be like Oprah? You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. <laughs> At least I mean, a pizza party. Yeah, something. See, What's going to be you the know, gift? I, I, I know you guys down here are creative and that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's something we should talk, do. Tom, talk about your experience at uh, Chrysler. Uh, you spent many years at Chrysler and how you've been able to take that experience in the private sector and apply that here in the academia world? Well, yeah. Well, Chrysler, I, I mean, this 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 course I teach, Lean, that, that's, I worked many, many years in the assembly plant um, as an assembly manager for trim chassis final reprocess, quality manager, launch manager, all, the, all these different positions within the assembly plant. They encompass everything lean because the OEM at that high level in automotive, that is the the pinnacle of lean. When you go to any automotive assembly plant, I, to try to explain that, if you go out to uh, our industrial park, and I won't name the supplier, they're proud of the fact that they're building a, a, a warehouse, and the, their warehouse then would be larger than their manufacturing facility. Um, in an assembly plant, you're producing 50 uh, I think 50,000 cars a day, about 5,000 pounds a car. Just think of all that material running through that system. No warehouse, right? And you have this little supplier here with the warehouse larger. It's because it's the perfect system for pulling material as it's required from the supply base. So my point is, living in that system all those years, you learn all those elements of manufacturing and all those disciplines and how material flows and how you control quality, all of that. So when I'm teaching lean here from a book in in a classroom, in a lecture, they need to really, you, you can't really do it adequately. I mean, they, they'll learn the terms, they, they, they'll understand what the point you're trying to make, but they really don't emotionally, I guess, understand what it means. When they're down there and they can't produce the product and they have defects flowing through and the other team on the other side is sending them defects and they're angry because they're not meeting their numbers and there's things that they're not following and, and we can easily point to all the disciplines of lean why we fail and we can also demonstrate as we're implementing these methods and systems because we run three successive production runs throughout the semester they can see these elements being added and then understand how it makes it easier for them to build the vehicle so that experience in in manufacturing is really vital to understand what they need to really know before they go out to Honda or Kia or Hyundai or wherever they may go. And by the way, it's not just automotive, it's all manufacturing. And as a matter of fact, it, it, they're doing lean healthcare and they call it transactional and office environments. It's, it's key, key, 
keto. That's exact. I swear, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just a different way of thinking of how you process. Have you ever had a kid that's like some superstar? Yes. That's just like can just ninja go at oh, it. Oh, you and mean phys- you mean physically put it together? Rem- yeah, yeah, remember, yeah. physically putting it together is not important at all in all of this. Well, I mean, have you ever had one that could just like Rubik's cube it in like well, six it's funny. seconds? It's funny that that we had a. Uh, an old alumni bring his uh, sixth grade son in, and he was probably the quickest to adapt to assembling <laughs> the vehicle. We were we were pretty amazed. You know, he he just picked it up very quickly. Is it one of like the prefabbed you know kits and everything that you buy in the yeah. store? Yeah. Or do you all like design your own? No, no, no. It's prefab. So the kit, this kit came with uh, two hundred, three hundred pieces. Can't remember how many, but it'll build three different cars. Right. So what we have to do is take these bricks down and in sequential order, balance the labor across 15 stations. We can't have some people working faster than other people because you have moving conveyors and you have a certain pace. Actually, the customer pace, how often they're buying a car essentially is what you're setting it at. Right. So we have to balance all that labor, create all those unique work instructions for each one of those processes. So we take this kit. And then we set up the work for the kit. It's kind of like if I had a factory and somebody threw a pile of material there and say, how are you going to put this together? So we have to break that labor down. So depending on what the annual volume is, you may have 30 processes or 15 processes or 10 processes. It depends on the speed at which you have to produce. So we happen to have 15 processes and the content of the work equates to that minute cycle, conveniently mimicking what an assembly plant operates at here in the state of Alabama and everywhere else because they they all pretty much operate on that minute cycle. How big does the car end up being whenever it's it's completed? Oh, With it's length. Oh, it's um I'd say it's about uh, 8 inches, maybe 3 inches tall, 8 so inches a lot, long. A lot of small for a lot of, small lot pieces. of uh, probably 15 to 18 blocks per workstation. Awesome. Yeah. This video that this guy next to me made a couple of years ago or a year or two ago uh talked about some companies that were actually aware of what you were doing and, and i don't know inspired uh, by it yeah well we we had one that that came in here out of the blue and saw a video on youtube and they were building this was bendix and they were building a training facility in mexico and they were going to bring in high school students and teach them in the facility. And they saw our lab on a video and, and sent me an email and said, can we come and look? So they came and went through the whole thing. And they thought it was a great method for them to use when they were going to set up this. They're they going to do the brick and mortar everything and then build this training facility. And then lo and behold, they, they sent us a $5,000 gift. Just hmm. thanks for showing us. You know, and then uh, Honda and Borbet here in town, they make alloy rims. Broza, they're a very large German uh, tier one supplier to automotive. They actually feed the Mercedes plant. All three of those companies have brought their senior managers in for training in the lab. Huh. So we, with the Honda, it started out at a tailgate and they had a, one of their VPs here and he said, hey, I'd like to see the lab. So. We went down to look at the lab, and 
I kind of gave up on the big OEMs because they're they're very hard to touch. You know, they they've they've got like a moat around their factory with alligators in it. And if you did <laughs> if you did get in there and talk to somebody, whoever that somebody is, they don't have authority to make a decision anyway. Typically, so of course I had this you know a little bit of a cavalier attitude about okay, come on, I'll show you the lab. But then I decided okay, I'm going to show you in detail what we do down here. And then when we were done, he said. Uh, do you do any training down here for like Hyundai or Honda or any of the OEMs? I go, no. He said, why? I said, because you guys already know everything. You know, I was, I was kind of being sure. a little bit of a right. Kind of, and he goes, no, we don't. And I said, I know. I know. <laughs> and 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 he said, uh, he said uh, he he might be interested in that. So I don't know. A month later, they sent somebody from their HR group, and he brought somebody with them, and we went through the whole thing again. And then they decided to come in and do a, a weekend training with their plant manager of their engine plant and his staff. And so we had about 15, 20 Honda people in here. That has turned into Honda now sponsoring approximately five senior design projects in the fall, in the spring. And they just gave a pretty significant donation to the university. That's awesome. All, be, all because of that experience. That's where it all began. So that was really great. Eagle. Then Bor- Borbet came in, and he brought – it was their CEO and his senior staff, and they trained in the classroom and trained in the lab. Broza came in, and their general manager came in with his staff, and uh, they trained in the lab. Then they scheduled another training, but they brought their continuous improvement people and their plant general managers in North America for the second round of training. They even had their quality manager VP from Germany involved in it also. So we haven't really marketed it. You know, we haven't sure. went out and said, hey, we want to train people who wants to be trained. Well, you just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but people have, yeah. I for- 30 countries. <laughs> oh, there's people listening. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're n- this isn't just for Oh, point. we're not just talking. I forgot there's a mic here. All right. Anyway, so uh, a lo- we've had a, a lot of great success with that. It, just the, the, the few companies that have come through and have done that have all really benefited, I think, from it. And we use our TAs. They're part of the training also, which is pretty cool because we we have two we have two goals. The lab, I say these are unwritten, uh, but I, I forgot I'm on podcast, right? One 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 goal is that our students graduate with ten years of manufacturing experience, and and so I, I like to say that because it's a provocative statement. So people, what do you mean ten years? What do you mean? 10 okay, years? let me. <laughs> you don't want me to explain that, but uh, and and the other goal, and, and I think we do that, by the way. And the other goal is um, that we embarrass local manufacturers. Now, yes. I, I say that in a provocative way. I don't mean to be it, but sometimes you have to say things to get people's attention. And what that really means is that some of these manufacturers that aren't necessarily so good at how they do things should be able to come through and see this lab and say, man, there's some things we should be doing that we're not doing. That's that's the intent. So if we're truly a research institution, if you think about it, we shouldn't be running out to factories with our students saying, show us so they can learn in your factory. Yeah, they need the experience. That's something different. But we should be teaching them. Amen. Right? We should be able to teach them how to build product, not them teach us. That's why we're here. Does Lego know about it? Have you have you had any contact? Um. 
I have not, and and I think somebody uh, in your group probably tried to contact them. I'm not sure. I believe they have they have a place in Montgomery, some maybe one of their offices, but nobody really has. But again, remember, we haven't really we're not marketing it. Right. Right. We, we have never really marketed it. We just kind of built this so that we could develop our students to make them great students. You know, we want them, we want them to walk out on the factory floor and not be uh, trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. We want them to walk out and see problems and know how to attack them. We got to talk about the band before we before we sign off. Oh, so okay. th- there's an industrial and systems engine. I knew I've been hearing some bass. Uh, from upstairs, I just didn't know what it was. So Is that what they call it, the basement? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> ah, he's full of them. Uh, so y'all have a band. So uh, who 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 are the members of this band? Okay, John like John engine? Evans. Yeah, John Evans, uh, Sean Gallagher, Mark Shaw, and myself. And uh, but we don't have a bass player. Oh, <laughs> and, 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 and we have we, we have we have four acoustic guitars. Now we're kind of playing around with uh, electric and. Sean's a good keyboard player, so we're thinking about that. And then, based upon your uh, radio voice, you know, maybe you could be the I singer. I will step up. Yeah, please. see, because I, I, I'm only the singer by default. How long have y'all been rocking out? Uh, a couple of years, three What's years. What's the name maybe. of the band? Okay. It's uh, got to be good. Yeah, Tell me it's good. Okay, so you realize that I don't have a PhD. I well. Well, could have fooled me. I was about to say, thank you, Tom Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, well, I need to t- I need to tell you that. Be- I need to tell you that because uh, because um, the name of the band is Major Tom and the Scholars. Ah, right. So, like it. sounds pretty cool. It sounds pretty cool. Except, uh, it, I think it's kind of a shot at me. You know, I'm not, <laughs> right. I'm not one of the scholars. If yeah. You know, no, I, well, no. if y'all know any third eye blind, I, I can help out. Uh, see, there. Down, see, I'm we can. Good. We yeah. I think we can do. We need singers, right? I, I can't carry it. I gotta know one more thing. What hurts worse, stepping on a spark plug or a Lego? Stepping on a spark plug. Hmm. Because they say nothing hurts worse than stepping on a leg. A gunshot. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. An arm amputation. Well, I, I would say Lego. I would say we have a you know a, a safe workplace. So <laughs> we make sure that we have proper protective equipment in our manufacturing. Shoes right. are worn at all times. <laughs> all, right. all right. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, the Lego. It's a it's a great idea. It's a brilliant thing. Where, where'd you come up with it? I mean, who came up with it? Well, I. I mean, well, you're not a doctor, so it's got to be. Well, I well, well, I built cars, else, right? right? I built cars for 31 years, and I built airplane engines for three years, right? So I left, I left Continental as VP of Manufacturing to come here to do that, and I knew that it was impossible, really, to accomplish what I'd want to accomplish with the students to where they would be what we would call an industry floor savvy. They understand what's going on. I couldn't do it unless I had a process. Then the next question was, well, how do you have a process to fill this room? Well, we have 15 workstations. We, we managed to get these work tables and desks. So what would create uh, a pace of an automotive uh, system, the 60-second pace? Well, we have to have part content. We can't just buy a, like a die-cast car with five parts on it. It's not going to create it. So Lego was the perfect idea because it has plenty of part content to create 15 full stations of work so that's where it began right so it was like okay we got 15 stations 
Hmm. That seems like about 15 to 20 parts in terms of cycle time for 60 seconds. So I kind of just kind of simulated what that would be like in my head Mm. and said, well, we need a vehicle that has about 300 parts. And so I start searching for Lego vehicles that have about 300 parts. So we found this on this car. Unfortunately, it was red and white, but yeah. So, uh, so we, uh, we purchased the car, but, but it, so it was really looking for what could be the product that would have enough part content to create a true automotive cycle across a, a system of 15 workstations. So that's how it started. And then every year, it was one other thing I'd like to say about it. We, the entire lab, everything in it and all the things that we've done to it. And we're, we're adding a lot of automation and vision inspection. We have a auto storage retrieval and again, moving conveyor and we PLCs are controlling things and on lights. All of this was added year over year over year. And it's completely and totally done by the students. Love it. We, we don't awesome. have, thank God, none of us faculty are doing it. So <laughs> all we're doing is we're saying, this is what we would like. Here's what we want. Here's what you need. We get it for them. We find good students and they began implementing this thing. And so over the years, this thing has really developed because of the students' work. It's, it's all student, completely student-built. And that really tells you something about the students that are going through it. So we have two key, and that's Ali Aldubasi and Mauricio Henriquez. And they, they're, they're two Ph.D. students. They're brilliant. And then a lot of our RAs and TAs that have gone through the program year over year, they have maybe capability with PLC. Maybe they can do some robotic programming. Whoever we find... And we put them on projects, and they keep adding this capability. Rock and roll. Good doctor in my book. Tom, <laughs> thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're you know. welcome. Yeah, War Eagle. Yeah, War Eagle, Tom. Oh, thank you, War Eagle.